Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Dave from Chase the Summit and today we've got a real meaty, juicy episode. I don't really, I feel like those words are weird to use for a podcast, but you get where I'm coming from here. I've got a lot of topics today to cover, uh, some stuff from my personal life, some race coverage, and of course some fitness tech news. Now, in the past few weeks, in the past few weeks of this podcast, I've been calling this Fitness Tech Week in Review, which kind of uh, worked for a while, but then I started talking about a bunch of other stuff. So I'm going to I'm gonna stop calling it Week in Review and just start calling this the Weekly Pod. So this is the Chase the Summit podcast, and this is the Weekly Pod. So I'm going to, you know, once a week do an update uh, podcast about what happened in my life, what happened in the world of fitness tech and GPS watches and all that. And also talk about some other stuff like endurance sports and athletes and basically anything that piques my interest. And if you're into that sort of thing, if you enjoy that, maybe hit that follow or subscribe button or whatever you do on podcasts uh, to follow along with the ride. That'd be great. So I want to kick this podcast off like I do every week, talking about some of the videos I've been working on for the YouTube channel, because if you're probably here, you might be aware of the YouTube channel. So this week I've posted a couple of videos that were really kind of outside the box of what I usually post about. First, I talked about the Ultra Mont Blanc trail running shoe. It's a shoe I've been wearing for a couple of months now, and I wanted to make a video about it just to share my experience with it because there were some things about it I just didn't love. Uh, but I also wanted to talk about Athletic Greens AG1, which is more of like a nutrition supplement kind of thing. It doesn't really fall into the wheelhouse of what my YouTube channel is all about. But you know what? I kind of said, at this point, I just want to talk about stuff that interests me and not try to shoehorn myself into a box or, uh, you know, keep myself from talking about other topics. I want to be diverse. I want to move. I want to experiment a little bit. So this week were two videos that were kind of an experiment. I was totally aware that I wasn't going to get like millions of views. These were not going to go viral, but I didn't want to let that stop me from making them because at the end of the day, that's why I make videos. I make them to share my thoughts on certain topics. And this week was athletic greens and some trail running shoes in the Ultramont blocks. They were fun to make and I enjoy them. So if you haven't seen them yet, hop over to the YouTube channel and check them out. Uh, now what's coming up on the YouTube channel, I've got four videos in the works right now, actually five. Uh, I've got a lot of things going on behind the scenes and it's just so hard to keep up with my list of topics and videos that I want to work on while I also have a real full-time job <laughs> that really gets in the way of making YouTube videos. And unfortunately that's the one that pays the mortgage every month. So I have to pay attention to that. So Videos coming up on the YouTube channel, uh, we've got the Polar Pacer Pro versus the Coros Pace 2 video, which I'm excited to make. I've been working on it. I've been doing a lot of comparison GPS tracks and heart rate tracks. Um, these are two GPS multi-sport watches that fall in the same kind of category, catering to mainly runners. They also have very similar feature sets from two different companies and they're $100 apart, so I thought it would be fun to compare them side by side. Also, they have a very similar name, Pacer Pro and Pace 2, so stay tuned for that. I've also been working on a Garmin Phoenix 7 versus Instinct 2 video. That is a bear because there's so much to cover in that video, um, and again, I've been working on that for, I don't know, like three months now. Still not done yet, but it is certainly certainly uh, coming. <laughs> I've got a lot of information, a lot of stuff I need to compile to make it happen, um, but it's coming. 
I've also been working on a video of like essential trail running gear for the spring and summer. Uh, that is in particular because of a race that I have coming up. I've been doing a lot of planning and packing and stuff like that. So it got me thinking that I should probably share my thought process when it comes to packing for these kinds of runs. And finally, I also wanted to make a video about my favorite trail running jacket for spring and summer that just never leaves my pack because it's so lightweight and it's just kind of packs down, gets out of the way, and it's a great emergency thing to have in my pack. So I'm not going to tell you what it is because I would just give away the whole video. You'll have to stick around on the YouTube channel to uh, learn all about that. And the final thing, the final video I'm working on is about a race this weekend, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Next up, uh, a couple of housekeeping things I want to talk about. First of all, it's Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo. I hope you're going to get a margarita tonight and maybe a taco or a burrito. Maybe I'll get a burrito. I don't know. It's almost lunchtime and just talking about burritos makes me kind of hungry. Uh, anyways, it is Cinco de Mayo, May 5th. A couple of things I want to talk about is the merch store on the chasetosummit.com website is fully restocked. Everything is in stock. You can get a trucker hat. You can get a Ridgeline hat. You can get a um, running singlet or a jersey. You can get a, uh, a buff. There's a lot of stuff available on the merch store. So go over to chasetosummit.com and check that out. That would be great. And on the topic of, of merch, I've also got some top secret stuff going on behind the scenes with a major clothing brand. I'm not going to tell you the name of the brand yet because we, we haven't really hammered out a deal yet. We've been going back and forth with designs and ideas, uh, but I am collaborating with a major player in the space of trail running and outdoor equipment and clothing to come up with some branded collaboration uh, merch that will be available through their uh, website and through stores and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. We've been going back and forth with emails and uh, concept ideas and stuff. So it, it should be coming soon. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll finally have a, an agreement and I'll be able to share it, but we're not there yet. So just stay tuned for that. Okay. And the final bit of housekeeping topics, I don't know why I keep calling it housekeeping, but I wanted to just throw this out there. If you have a guest or a topic or something, anything that you want to hear me talk about on this podcast or a guest that you want to hear me talk to on this podcast, shoot me a DM on Instagram or on the Chase to Summit website using the contact form. Anything, you know, if you've got a, one of your favorite athletes or somebody on YouTube or just your favorite person in the fitness tech space, um, I'd love to talk to them. Keep in mind, this job is pretty hard. <laughs> it seems easy to make a podcast and interview people, but it is not easy. So you got to do your research. You got to read their books or whatever they do, watch their videos and make sure you're up to speed with them. So if you do have an idea, it doesn't mean they'll definitely be on the podcast, but I do need more ideas because I've got some in the works, but I'd love to have more guests on the show because I like talking to people and it was fun to have Rob from the Quantified Scientist Oz on a few weeks ago. Moving right along, we're going to talk about my current training and stresses and stuff going on in my personal life right now. So training, first of all, has been a bit of a struggle. Uh, I've been training for a 50-mile ultramarathon that is coming up in two days. Today is Cinco de Mayo, May 5th, and the, the race is on May 7th, this Saturday. Now, a normal person would taper like a normal human being and 
they would have a structured calendar of like reducing their mileage and getting ready for a race like this. But if you're me, if you're Dave Dillon, you just wing it. <laughs> you just send it. So I am the type of person that just kind of goes 100% training, 30, 40, 50 miles a week. And then on race day or the week of the race, I kind of just back off for like four or five days and do almost nothing, maybe go on a couple of walks or something, and then just go for the race. And hopefully I'm recovered and, and feeling well and everything. Now, this is a training plan I do not suggest for everybody. But for me, with my life, I've got four kids. I've got a full-time job. I've got YouTube. I've got this podcast now. I've got so much going on. Uh, it's just been too hard to structure like a real solid training plan, stick to it. So this time around, I'm just kind of winging it. And hopefully that gets me to the finish line of this race. On top of that, I've been so freaking stressed out about um, moving. We're potentially moving out of our house into a new house. And we've had open houses for the past two weekends and showings. And to keep the house super clean and get the kids out of the house and, you know, make sure we pick up after the dog and do all the things. It's been so stressful. And the idea of moving has been so overwhelming that I feel like the stress alone has been wearing on me and making my runs just less enjoyable. I feel like while I'm running, I'm like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be packing. I should be doing this. So it's been a bit of a struggle lately, to be honest. Uh, but the race is coming in two days. Now, the race itself is called the Way Pack and Back or the Wa Pack and Back. It's a 50 mile race, May 7th. It has uh, 12, around 12,000 feet of elevation gain through that 50 miles. So not like super crazy elevation gain, but enough to get your butt kicked. And the way the elevation gain happens is like really clustered. It's like ton of gain to like kind of a flat run to a ton of, ton of gain to a little bit of a flat run. Um, so it's, it's kind of a, it's a tough race and you can get your butt kicked pretty hard. Uh, I've run this race before a couple of years ago. Actually, I've run it twice and I know what's coming. I hope I'm trained for it. It's going to be rough. Fingers crossed. This race is in out and back. So you basically run 21 and a half miles out to a turnaround point where you run 21 and a half miles back. And then you turn around again at the starting line and do another seven mile out and back up and over a mountain called Mount Watetic to get to that 50 mile mark. And then, uh, that's the end of it. What makes this tough is this year they've reduced the amount of support because of the whole COVID thing. Now there's no traditional aid station food. There won't be like pretzels and fruit and stuff out at the aid station tables. It's just really going to be water. And you're mainly responsible for carrying all of your own calories, all of your own, you know, electrolytes, things like that um, is mainly up to the runner to provide. But Alternatively, a good benefit is that there is a drop bag, so I'll be able to give them a bag at the starting line that I can access at the 21 and a half mile mark where the turn the first turnaround is, so I can resupply everything there and then run back. The race does start at 5 a.m., so I'm probably going to start with a headlamp because it's dark out around here, 5 a.m., and then I'll probably drop my headlamp at the drop bag at the turnaround point and run back. And that's going to be a little bit rough because the race uh, takes place about an hour. The start is about an hour from where I live. So I'm going to have to wake up at about three o'clock in the morning to get ready, drive an hour, and then start the race at 5 a.m. 
And hopefully that night the baby sleeps all night so I can actually be well rested and ready to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. So uh, that's what's going on with me, the races and the training and the house stuff and all the stress that's going on. And hopefully you wanted to hear about that because I just blabbed on for about 12 minutes about stuff you may not care about. And hopefully I didn't lose you. All right, moving into the news this week, we've got a couple of funny stories about ultra runners first, and then we'll move into like the tech and wearable news. But these stories are pretty funny. First of all, the headline here is guy outruns a Tesla in 77 hours. <laughs> so this guy named Robbie Belanger, who's an ultra runner, who I believe is from Texas, had a project, kind of a challenge for himself to outrun a Tesla. So basically the idea he came up with was he would start in the same location as a Tesla. The Tesla would drive until the battery died. Basically the Tesla drove at a speed of 65 miles per hour on a full charge until the battery was totally depleted and it stopped working. And at the end of the battery being run down, it got to 242 miles. So Robbie took that distance and then he started his run and he ran 242 miles as well, but he beat the Tesla by 100 feet just to say he did it. <laughs> this run, this 242 mile run for Robbie took 76 hours and 54 minutes, so almost 77 hours. And he did this all in one shot. He only took two breaks. One was for 30 minutes of sleep. And then another, another break was for 40 minutes just to rest. And along the way, he, uh, you know, drank and ate and got himself 242 miles. Really incredible. Uh, pretty hilarious that he actually took this on. But it's certainly like it's a good media stunt. He got a lot of uh, press coverage here. Like I'm reading this right now on autoweek.com, which is like an automotive magazine. So cool to see that he brought the world of ultra running out to the Tesla and automotive world to, you know, maybe broaden the scope of the sport a little bit. Another topic about endurance sports and ultra runners is a news story about Michael Wardian that I found on irunfar.com. So Michael Wardian's a famous ultra runner and he's going to be running across America. <laughs> so 242 miles with a Tesla is impressive, but Michael Wardian is going to run 3,200 miles across 13 states and he'll be following Route 50, which is uh, America's loneliest highway right across the middle of the country. And recently, Michael has won the Quarantine Backyard Ultra competing uh, against other athletes and running 262 miles in 63 laps during the pandemic. Absolutely incredible. So he's certainly capable of doing this, but man, 3,200 miles is ridiculous. That's like running, that's like the Appalachian Trail plus 1,000 miles, right? a lot of miles, man. He's also got a live tracker where you can uh, follow his, you know, Garmin in real time to see how far across the country he's been. And uh, it should be interesting to watch. Right now, it shows his Garmin as, where is he? He is currently in, yeah, he's in, he's in outside of Sacramento about to enter Nevada, it looks like. Yeah, so he's right on the border of Nevada right now. I'm looking at his uh, live tracker as we speak, and it should be interesting to see how this plays out. That's a hell of a challenge. Good luck, Michael Wardian. Okay, moving into some of the fitness tech news this week. 
We've got a couple of leaks. Uh, first of all, Garmin, or not Garmin, Fitbit has leaked some information about the Versa 4 and Sense 2, which are both like wellness wearables. And the big highlight here is that both the Versa and Sense will be getting the side button back. So if you don't know, Fitbit has kind of been eliminating buttons. If you bought a Fitbit Charge 5, you know this. There's no like back button or button at all on the side of the device. And now on the Fitbit Versa 4 in Sense 2, it looks like they're going to be bringing the buttons back, which could be for a variety of reasons. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to bring this back to bring in ECG tracking into the button. So it's like a place to contact your finger in order to get that ECG reading. But I'm not really sure. All in all, though, it seems like the big news story here about these new Fitbits is that they're getting buttons. There's really not a lot of other information available. Uh, otherwise, there are a couple of there's a couple of uh, leaked images about these new devices. And to be honest, they're not all that exciting. The Fitbit Versa 4 looks just like the Fitbit Versa 3. Like the design isn't that changed. It's, it's a square-ish kind of device, except this time there is a button on the side instead of not having a button. So if you like buttons, you may be interested in these. That's all I'm going to talk about here because it's not that exciting, but I thought I'd mention it because it's in my open tabs right now on Chrome. Okay, next up we've got um, the Amazfit T-Rex Pro 2. This is another device that's been leaked. There's an FCC filing about it. And I actually really like the original Amazfit T-Rex Pro that came out about a year ago. If you've been following my YouTube channel, you probably saw my review about the T-Rex Pro. It was a really unique device because for $139, you're getting a rugged watch, waterproof, all the things you'd expect with an AMOLED display that was like bright and vibrant and really nice to look at. And it actually had really good battery life. And all those things combined for $139, Kind of didn't make sense at the time. It's a really good deal. There were some you know, downfalls about the T-Rex Pro. I didn't have like a great experience with the navigation features on board. And the claim to battery life wasn't exactly the battery life I got out of it. And the GPS accuracy wasn't absolutely perfect. But uh, overall, a really good package for you know under $200. Really good option, I think. The Amazfit T-Rex Pro could actually make this a better offering. The pricing seems like it's still be to be determined, but it looks like it's going to be around $179 USD. And so it's not going to be much more expensive than the original T-Rex. And it looks like it's going to have a larger battery up to 450 milliamp hours compared to the older 379 milliamp hour battery. So that should give us a pretty big boost in battery life in a small watch like this. I'm hoping they add, like if I have a wish list, I'm, hope, I'm hoping they add better navigation functions with like breadcrumb mapping and the ability to bring in a GPX file and follow it along a route. Maybe a built-in like um, compass or something like that would be pretty cool. You know, some of those features that were missing. But for under $200, it's hard to complain about what they're offering with the original one. Uh, anyways, that's the Amazfit T-Rex Pro. It looks like it'll have some cool features. Hopefully we get more information about this as time goes on. But so far, it looks like it's just an FCC filing and some, some leaks from random people on the internet. That's all I got so far. The final piece of news today is about the DJI Mini 3, 
which is definitely not a GPS watch, but it is something I'm interested in. The DJI Mini 3 is the successor to the DJI Mini and Mini 2, obviously. And one huge benefit about these drones is that they're very small. So for those of you who don't know, if you're not into drones at all, if you have a drone that's under 250 grams, you do not have to register it with the FAA. Just kind of a benefit because it means you're not like putting your personal information out there. It means you feel a little bit less committal about flying a drone. You can fly it as a hobbyist. You don't have to tell anybody about it. Um, those are all good things. You still have to follow a lot of rules. Like you can't fly over highways or densely packed areas or in certain areas where it's a no fly zone. If there's an airport nearby or something like that, like you can't go around those rules, but by having a very small lightweight drone, it, it gets through a lot of the red tape that can be intimidating to larger drones. Another big deal about this is that it's very small. So for me, like my Mini 2, I can throw on my running vest or in my backpack and take it for a hike and fly in areas where otherwise it would be really hard to get a drone. I've taken mine ice climbing. I've taken it up to the top, top of mountains. Uh, it's really cool to have such a portable drone. They can fly very easily. So the, the improvements here in the Mini 3 look like they mainly are around the camera and the actual flight time and distance. So the camera is going to get a huge bump up to 48 megapixels from previously being only, a, I think it was only 12 mega, megapixel, pixels, megapixels. <laughs> Learn how to talk, Dave. So 48 megapixels is a huge amount of resolution for a tiny camera like this. So that's pretty cool. It also looks like they're going to increase the flight range up to 18 kilometers, which is wild, and the wind speed resistance to 38 mile, uh, kilometers per hour, which is a big deal to me because on my Mini 2, one of my major complaints is that the Mini 2 is not very stable in high winds. Like, I don't fly in crazy winds, but even if there's a little bit of a gust, the DJI Mini 2 tends to throw up a red flag saying, hey man, I need to land. So the Mini 3 should have better stability in high winds. It's got a maximum speed of 16 meters per second, a maximum height of 4,000 meters, and a flight duration time of 34 minutes with a standard battery. This is all leaked information. It looks like, you know, a Best Buy or something like that. An employee solved this information on the box and they decided to put it on the internet. And I'm reading this on dronedj.com. Um, and it looks like, I mean, this has got to be real. They've got pictures on here of the drone, of the remote, and they've got the whole spec list here in great detail. So I got to assume this is probably accurate, probably true. So if this is all true, and if it comes in at a, like a somewhat affordable price point, I may be selling my Mini 2 and uh, picking up this Mini 3. That would be pretty cool. All right, gang, that kind of brings us to the end of this podcast. I know it was kind of all over the place in terms of what's going on with me and what's going on in the news and all that stuff. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure you go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button or whatever you do on podcasts. And I would really love it if you could give me a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Hitting that five star thing just really helps me out. It boosts me up in the algorithm and hopefully more people start to listen to this podcast. That would be fun. Okay, gang, it's really nice out today. It's about uh, 68 degrees Fahrenheit outside, which is wild for this time of year. So I'm going to end this podcast now and go for a little walk and jog. I'm not going to run because I'm tapering, 
hopefully I can avoid uh, or resist running because it's so nice out today. I hope it's nice out where you are today, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm going to stop talking now. Thanks for listening in, and I will talk to you next week with a recap podcast about my upcoming race and some couple of YouTube videos coming out, so stay tuned for those. Okay, gang, I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.